T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Thank you, Maria Kina. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome back to Azure Service. Coming in here for the last hour on a Wednesday evening. Brad Young in with you till 10 and glad you are with us. And I'm also glad that Dan is with us. He's been holding through the break. Hey, Dan, welcome to Camelax. Oh, thanks. What's on your mind, Dan? Um, basically, the red light cameras, I don't like them. I just think it's a money grab and it seems to be unconstitutional. It causes rear-end accidents. I just really don't like it, especially because it seems like a real money grab, you know. Yeah, you're exactly right. But what is really I, – I, the part of the, your comment, Dan, that I really like is that you mentioned that it causes rear-end collisions. Now, that's something I didn't talk about tonight. How, how were you aware of the fact that red light cameras can cause rear-end collisions? Well – I'm usually trying to be real careful and not um, go through a red light camera because I don't want to get tickets, so I might stop kind of short. And I think there's a good chance, especially in the city, as careless as the drivers are, it'd be very easy to get a um, an accident or rear-ended, you know. Yeah, it, because if people see that camera up there in the intersection and the light turns yellow, instead of going through a yellow light, statistics show that a lot of people will stop at a yellow light because they don't want to get a ticket. And in doing that, boom, there's a car that runs into the back of them because the the second car going into the intersection thinks that the first car is going to move on through. And when that doesn't happen, it can actually cause more accidents. Yeah, I think that's what tends to happen to me. I have not had a rear end accident that way, but I think when I see yellow and I see the camera, I get nervous, you know. Sure. You you don't want to get a speeding ticket or a red light ticket. Nobody wants that. Exactly. Well, Dan, I appreciate you calling in this evening. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's there's a poll, and if you've got some more thoughts on the red light cameras, I'd certainly like to hear it. Call or text 314-436-7900. There is a poll that I saw that came out today, and I wanted to bring in Matt Pajeski on this because the question was, uh, and this is a YouGov poll. The question is, what are, what are the top items on America's bucket lists? Uh, Matt Pajeski, you're, you're a little young to have a bucket list, but 
But I understand you've already crossed one of those things, or at least more than maybe one of those things off your bucket list. Yeah, so, Brad, I've already gone skydiving. See, I'm stuck. I didn't know that. Well, I'm a man of mystery, Brad. I can't can't expose (laughs) my entire life to you. A man of mystery. Well, I I just feel like that's one of the top ones. That has to be one of the top ones for sure. And uh, I got out of the way. I did it in San Diego a couple years ago. It was perfect. You could see see the ocean. You could see the land. It was... You can see Mexico. It was just a, a perfect, a perfect time. No, see now, I, I hearing this now, I've got about fifty questions for you. Okay, <laughs> first of all, what prompted you to do this? Was it a bet? Was it no. something that some buddies were doing? What What led up to you thinking jumping out of the back of an airplane is a good idea? When I saw how small that airplane was and how claustrophobic I was getting, that's why I wanted to jump out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I w- I went on a trip to San Diego with my uncle, mm-hmm. who took me on a on a trip there. And he kind of just tossed up the idea, like, hey, would you want to maybe check out skydiving? And I kind of, I think I was just like, sure. It wasn't anything that I was just dying to go do, but I also wasn't opposed to it. I was somewhere, like, in the middle. I was lukewarm mm-hmm. on the idea. And I kind of just said, sure, and uh, we ended up doing it. And I, I wasn't exactly nervous or anything, but once I got up in the plane and you are, you are confined in that tight little crop duster plane, whatever you want to call it, you are ready to get out of that thing. And yeah. uh, it was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life. Now, did your uncle go with you? Yes, he did. Okay, and had he done that before? No. So This it, is both, both of our first time. So it was kind of the equivalent of, we're having a great time, let's get some tattoos. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was... Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where you just you just spur the moment. Let's just do something wild and crazy. That's what it was. We obviously had to do it uh, tandem with the instructors there. Well, sure. My uncle went before me, so I saw I saw my uncle sitting on the edge of an airplane and fall out and just disappear. And that was kind mm. of a scary moment because that's kind of when it sunk in. Like, okay, this is real. I I got to get out of this plane one way or the other, and uh, I'm gonna do it what I paid for it and go with this guy who's uh, strapped to my back, and we're gonna pull a parachute and. Uh, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a good time, and it was. Well, I I would love to do that. That that idea doesn't scare me at all, uh, because I have no problem relying on experts. And in this instance, you're relying on the guy that's strapped to your back to do all the work. You're just along for the ride. Exactly. And I, I I wouldn't have a problem doing that. I've never done it, but I certainly would do it. But but describe for me, because I've always wanted to talk to somebody who's done this. Describe for me, Matt Pajeski. When you went out of the plane, what did it feel like in terms of the wind, the sound? What was the sensory experience sure. when you went right out of the plane? You don't really feel that weightless feeling like you do on a roller coaster or something like that. Like, I was expecting you to just be feeling that for 30 seconds, just constant weightlessness. I did not really feel that at all. You almost feel like you're floating. You don't really feel the like of the air. Like, you, you, hear, you hear the wind blowing, flapping mm-hmm. your ears back. But it's very honestly kind of peaceful. When you look at the ground and you look at the horizon, you don't, because it's so far away and you're so high up, you're not really seeing the landscape change. It's just, you almost feel like you're you're just floating. It's very peaceful, actually. Maybe that's just my experience. Maybe other people are terrified of it, you know, when they do it. But uh, it, it's very peaceful in the free fall. And then the guy who straps your back, he, he pulls the, the rip cord. And that's, that's, a, that's a very abrupt right. kind of jump when that parachute opens up. And that's even more peaceful because then now you're just gliding. Sure. You, know, you, you can even, uh, you know, turn the parachute a little bit and get, get different views of, uh, of the landscape. Very peaceful is how I'd describe it. Did, did, you have a, did you have the desire to parachute into some sort of a 
quasi-governmental agency in Mexico and steal no. some secrets and break out like, you know, like in a Mission Impossible movie or no, something? No, that would be pretty cool, though. The the instructor did say, you know, hey, you can hang on to the, you know, hang on to the, the handles and you can kind of steer for a bit. I just want to, you know, I want to make sure I didn't land in, you know, the wrong part of Mexico or anything. I want to make sure I landed on <laughs> the correct side of the border there. So, and that, and lastly on this, then you, when you're free falling, and then when you pull that chute, or at least the the instructor pulled the parachute, that that had to be an abrupt because when the when the parachute opens, I mean that's essentially an air brake. Yeah, and the uh, the harness is is strapped to you in a way that is not exactly very comfortable, and you know. Being a guy, you can, yeah. you can assume where it actually it puts a lot of stress on you. Understood. It's Understood. A, it's a very abrupt jump. Um, but what, once that once that initial kind of uh, that that parachute opening is done, again, it, it's right back to just smooth sailing. Oh, well, and 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 then you, you've already been to Italy. You you were talking about yeah. that during the break. You've been there twice. That would be if I had to, you know, continue on with my bucket list. I just want to travel more. So I've seen some pretty cool things in Italy. I've seen a lot of ancient Rome. If I could continue the bucket list, I would want to say I would like to see ancient Greece, a lot of the ancient historical sites uh, I, I would love to check out. A lot of Italy was cool. The Amalfi Coast, just be- mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful countries ever, if not the most. Well, you, you actually came in at number two then. The number two thing, according to this YouGov poll, of uh, 35% of Americans said that their bucket list was travel to an exotic location. Yeah. So, I mean, I would qualify that as an exotic location. I, I want to go on a cruise to, uh, I want to go to Greece. Yeah, I haven't been there yet, and that's some place my wife wants to go. But when you talked about the parachuting, I want to talk about this before I open up the phone lines, because I want to hear from you, what's on your bucket list? Where What would you like to do? What would you like to achieve? Where would you like to go uh, on your bucket list before you kick the bucket? 314-436-7900. When my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we went to we went to the Bahamas. And while we were there, we just got married. We're in the Bahamas, and we did some parasailing. And as we were hooking up the parasail, which is about as close to the Matt Pajeski uh, skydiving adventure that I've ever been on, because you're being pulled behind a boat, you're high up in the air, the, the instructor said, whatever you do, don't unhook the clips that clips the seat that I was on to the parachute because you're you're being pulled by the boat and you have a parachute above you. So as my wife was right next to me and it was built for two and I'm holding on and I literally unclipped my seat from the parachute. Now it didn't, if you, if you can imagine a clip that has a, uh, you, can, you can open it up with a, a hinged part of the clip. I had opened up the hinge, so a strong wind, and it would have gone sideways. I would have just fell to my death on my honeymoon. So I was sitting there holding on, and I'm checking out the landscape and looking at the beautiful area. And suddenly my wife says, Brad, what are you doing? You're, you're going to unclip the darn thing. So even to this day on our, on our anniversary, she likes to remind me, uh, don't unclip the parasail. Don't do that. So that's the, that's the closest that I ever came. Uh, but, uh, yeah, by, and also the number one thing, according to the YouGov poll, uh, is something that doesn't apply to Matt Pajeski in any way. And that is lose weight. I mean, you're a, you're a good looking guy, not necessary for wow. you. Uh, but, um, uh, that's not on my bucket list and I'm not necessarily a healthy guy, but I, that wouldn't be on my, on my bucket list. But some of the other things 
are like achieve a wealth goal, like paying off student loans, paying off your house, those types of wealth goals, own your own home, change someone's life for the better, have children, start your own business. Those are some of the things. Meet a particular celebrity. Uh, I've told my celebrity story many times, but Matt, you have a celebrity encounter? You know what? I've I met just about every Cardinal player from last year's team mm-hmm. at the winter warm-up, which happens every year. It's happening in uh, about a month or so at Ballpark Village. Uh, but meet, meeting Nolan Arenado, one of the greatest third basemen of all time. Yes. Uh, T- Tommy Edmond and Tyler O'Neill were particularly really kind guys, and just meeting the entire roster was one of the coolest things I've ever done because you know every, every night I'm listening to the game on KMOX and I'm hearing the names and I'm seeing them on TV, but it's it's one thing to, to hear and see them on the on the TV and the radio, but it's another thing to to meet them and shake their hands. So uh, just all all of those guys were just fantastic last year, and I hope to do, hope to do it again hmm. this year. Yeah, uh, I hope that uh, uh, that you meeting them at the winter warm up will inspire them to play a little better yeah. <laughs> this year. Yeah. That, that's my hope. Uh, what's on your bucket list? Would love to hear from you. 314-436-7900. Call or text at your service. Brad Young sitting in with you till 10 o'clock tonight. What's on your mind? Love to hear from you. We'll be right back right after this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When I mention the word climate change, or the phrase climate change, or the phrase global warming, what comes to mind? And I suspect one of two things comes to your mind. And just, just a guess. Feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. But my guess is, is that when you hear that climate change or global warming, you think either, number one, it's a global catastrophe that's going to destroy all mankind, or number two, it's all a hoax and there's nothing to it and the whole thing is a lie and a hoax and a scam. One of those two things probably comes to your mind. And the reason why I bring this up is uh, I read 
an interview this week. It was between John Stossel. Uh, he's with, uh, everybody knows John Stossel. He used to be with ABC forever and ever. And now he writes for something called Reason Magazine, which is a libertarian-themed magazine. And in this interview, he interviews someone called Bjorn Lomborg. Now, Bjorn Lomborg uh, is the thinking person's environmentalist. There's nothing about him that is uh, hyperbole. He's not screaming that we're all going to die in five years. He's not saying any of those things. And that's why I like reading Bjorn Lomborg, because if you're interested in these environmental issues, I'm interested in them from, from a policy standpoint, from a government standpoint, from a how do we balance either taking care of the environment or balance policy that in a way that doesn't impact the environment, or should we even consider the environment? They're all policy considerations. And, and, and as I was reading this article, I remembered there was a quote. Everybody knows John Kerry ran for president once several years ago and lost badly. Uh, but now he is the United States special presidential envoy for climate. Now, John Kerry became a multi-multi-millionaire the old-fashioned way. He married into the Heinz ketchup fortune. So he's never had to make money. He's never had to worry about money. He's probably never had a real job in his life, but because he was a politician and then he married into a wealthy family, and now he just goes around and tells folks like you and me that we're all going to die because of global warming. That's basically what John Kerry does. And this is what he said just last week. John Kerry said it's going to take trillions, trillions with a T, Trillions of dollars to solve, and I put solve in quotes, climate change. But then right after he says it's going to take trillions of dollars, he says, quote, there's not enough money in any country in the world to actually solve this problem, unquote. So in one sentence, he, he talks about an astronomical figure and then basically says there's nothing we can do. We're all going to die. And if you catch any story in the mainstream media, about climate change. It's all fear-mongering. It's all information about how the uh, New York City is going to disappear in 10 years. The whole coast of California is going to be underwater in 20 years. There's all these outlandish predictions that virtually never come true. They never come true. So that's what we have on the one side. But on the other side, when people say that the world isn't really warming— from my perspective, that's not true either. I mean, the world is getting warmer. In fact, the world has been getting warmer since the Ice Age. That's not anything that's new. Uh, since the Ice Age, we've been getting warmer progressively with periods where it would get colder. That's the thing about a dynamic system. Dynamic, by its very definition, means that things change. Things do not stay the same. So, of course, the world might be getting warmer until my dad used to say this. My dad was a coal miner, Southern Illinois. Had a, my kids always said, why does Grandpa Young sound like a cowboy? So he had a strong drawl, and he would, he would make these pithy comments, and they weren't really funny unless you had a Southern drawl and you smoked two packs of cigarettes a day for 50 years. Then it sounded kind of cool. So, so imagine, uh, imagine, 
Sam, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. Anyway, just imagine a cowboy figure saying, you know, it always rains after a dry spell. And of course that's true. Uh, anytime it, anytime there's a period of no rain, it's eventually going to rain again. And that's true with global warming. It's, it's going to get warmer until it stops getting warmer. But what I object to from a policy standpoint is that we're, we're driven to these polar extremes. Sorry about the pun. But we're driven to these polar extremes where either we say there is no warming or uh, we're all going to die in five years. And the reality, like in most instances, is somewhere in between. So in this interview that John Stossel did with Bjorn Lomborg, after reading this, it really drove home this idea that this whole thing of climate change isn't all of that scary. So, for example, one of the main things that's always talked about is uh, polar bears. Oh, it's going to kill the polar bears. And every few years you see pictures of these emaciated polar bears on little squares of ice, you know, like it's an island that's collapsing. And, oh, my goodness, the polar bears can't eat. Do you realize that the polar bear population in the last 20 years has exploded? It, it's grown by over 30 percent over the last few decades. So the polar bear population is getting larger so the only reason that you're ever going to see emaciated polar bears is not because of climate change. It's because you have more polar bears eating from the exact same amount of food source. So, of course, they're going to look hungry because there's, there's not enough food to feed all the expanding, expanding polar bears. It's no different than if you had a certain amount of food in a house and all of a sudden mom and dad has six kids. Okay, You got the same amount of food. Distributed between those kids, and when they turn into teenagers, they're going to eat you out of house and home, right? So that's why we see emaciated polar bears, not because of global warming, not because of climate change, but because they're exploding in population. The other thing that we talk about is this idea of we're going to have the sea levels will be rising. The sea levels are going to rise. And yet this Bjorn Lomborg, who's an environmental author, researcher, very well respected, he points out that they've had that in Holland for decades and decades and decades. It's actually 22 feet below sea level. I was in the Netherlands last year, and I saw it from my own eyes that here's an area of ground. It's quite large. It's below sea level. But you know what? They pump the water out, and they build dikes. It's not a problem. Uh, and uh, and Bjorn Porks points out that as the sea levels increase, people are going to do the same thing here. They're going to build dikes. They're going to pump out the water. It's not going to be an issue. There's no situation where California is going to disappear like in the first Superman movie with Christopher Reeve. Okay, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But you would think it's going to happen if you watch 60 Minutes and they do an expose on the dooming of America because of climate change. And lastly, what I wanted to talk about is this idea that as it gets hotter and hotter, we're all going to die. And that's actually something that I've heard, that because of the warmer temperatures, it's going to kill people. But Bjorn Lomborg points this out, that over the last 20 years, we've had statistically in the United, actually in the world, 
we've had an additional 116,000 people die from heat. So it's true. As it gets warmer, more people are going to die from the heat. That's true. But what Bjorn Lomborg points out is that cold kills far more people than the heat does. Because it's easier to get, uh, because when you get cold, you don't have the proper clothing, the proper housing, you die. You could freeze to death. And so there have been, even though there's been 116,000 more people die from the heat, there's been 283,000 fewer people die from the cold because it gets warmer. And finally, when you talk about the warming of the planet, warming temperatures are good for agriculture. So you have more things growing. You have greater bountiful agricultural crops. You can grow more food. All of those things are for the betterment of the world. So I saw this, and I just thought, you know, this is a breath of fresh air. Literally, again, no pun intended, that when you hear any story today, tomorrow, next week, or next year about climate change, I want you to think for yourself, and, and when you, as you hear the story, as you read the story, as you watch the story, ask yourself, is this fear-mongering or is this actual information that I can use? And my guess, whether it's from the right or from the left, my guess is it's going to be fear-mongering as opposed to legitimate, useful information. How dare you? Yes. <laughs> How dare I? How dare I do that? But what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that uh, that the whole thing's a hoax? Do you think that we're all going to die in 10 years? Uh, or are you like me, somewhere in between, and not really anything I need to be worried about? 314-436-7900. Call or text I went over to the mark here, Matt Pajeski. Don't get mad at me. But we're going to take a uh, confiscatorily high commercial break to pay Matt's salary. We'll be right back. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back to Camelax. Brad Young in here this evening. And uh, I remember when I, when I was in college, this would have been in the 80s, I remember Ted Danson testifying in front of Congress. And my first thought was, Ted Danson, you know, uh, you're an actor, and the only thing that you know is what people write for you. Uh, why are you testifying as an environmental expert in front of Congress? And he testified, I'll never forget this. Because this is, it's a teachable moment. Because he testified in 1985-ish, 86-ish, somewhere in there, right before I started law school. He testified in front of Congress that in 10 years, every landfill in America will be overflowing. Everyone. He goes, we're going to be out of landfill and we need to not throw anything away because 
the landfills will be overflowed and we won't have any place to put our trash. That was in 1986, 87-ish. So here we are 35 years later. And today we have more landfill space today than we've ever had in the history of our country. Now, that doesn't mean that we can go on just throwing stuff away. And I'm certainly in favor of reducing. I love to recycle. Uh, I love to reuse. I'm not a proponent of, of being extravagant when it go- comes to that. But I am an opponent of fear-mongering. And yet, because of what Ted Danson did, because of that, capitalism was able to come in and to make a difference. Because people recognized that if there's a problem— If there's a problem with the amount of landfill space, maybe we should build a landfill and make money on it, which is exactly what happened. You also remember there was a point in the most recently in the 80s and 90s, there was something called peak oil. I don't know if you remember that phrase. Peak oil was the term that people used. They were pushing an environmentalist agenda that they said that at some point in the 80s and 90s, we're going to reach the maximum amount of oil that we can produce. And once we reach that maximum, we're all going to go down. You never hear the phrase peak oil anymore. You don't know why? Because it was completely blown apart by something called fracking. And once capitalists invented fracking, it opened up exponential oil reserves across the globe and in the United States in particular. So there's more oil being produced today than at any time in the history of the world. So nobody talks about peak oil anymore because the whole idea has been shattered by what? By capitalism. So, and I'm going to get to a story here about San Francisco denouncing capitalism when truly capitalism is the key to solving so many problems in our society today. And yet so many on the left continue to run to the left. It's like, it's, it's like the Indianapolis 500. It's a group of people who spend all day going as fast as they can, doing nothing but turning to the left. That's what the Indianapolis 500 is, and that's what so many of our elected leaders are doing today. Uh, Doug's been holding. I'm going to get to Doug because— Doug's got something on his bucket list. Hey, Doug, welcome to KMOX. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, sir. Good, good. Hey, um, I listened to your first caller on this, or earlier caller on the skydiving. Um, he's right. I've got 120 six skydives, and there is nothing wow. like it. Yeah, and he and he's right. It's not like uh, it's not even falling. It's more like flying, or like you said, floating. Um, so if you want to do it, go for it. It's a little dangerous, but it's fun. Well, Doug, I, I've got to ask you about this. So what on earth possessed you to, what, 146? Is that what you said? 126. 126. How on earth did you come to this, to do this 126 times? Did it become like uh, something you were known for? Did you do it professionally? How did you do no, this so many times? No, my uncle owned a drop zone way back in the day in Sparta, Illinois, so I just kind of did it, and I'm still doing it to this day. Every oh, three or four months, I go make six, seven jumps and um, just hmm. to kind of knock the edge off, so it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but the other bucket list thing, 
I want to go see the Isle of Man motorcycle race, and I think it's the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why does that sound? I want to go see. Yeah. Why is that to a guy who's jumped out of a plane 126 times? Why does seeing a motorcycle race uh, rise to the level of your bucket I list? I think the guys at the Isle of Man are crazier than the skydivers, to be honest. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, let's go check these guys out. So, so hey, last hey, and as far as your global warming thing a yeah. while ago, you're right. You're dead on. There's so much fear-mongering on this. It's absolutely absurd. Yeah, so. it, it makes it hard. It makes it hard to make intelligent decisions when everything that we hear is based on fear and emotion instead of fact and reason. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said this for, I mean, I'm 61 years old now. I'm like, thank God there was uh, global warming or we'd still be living in an ice age. So, uh, yeah, I'll take uh, warming over an ice age any day, as, as far as I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I've enjoyed your show tonight. I just right. happened to be listening, and uh, you caught some caught some key points with me. I thought, well, I'm going to call in and talk to this guy for a minute. Doug, love it. We're on uh, my show's on every Wednesday night, except when we're uh, canceled by basketball. But uh, thanks for listening to Camo X, and I'll look forward to hearing from you again in the future. All right. Go skydiving, man. You'll love it. All right. It's on my list. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Um, I want to go to a break here, uh, last break of the evening. But before I do, I'm just going to mention, I got one person texted in, said this, and I'm quoting, I'm not sure I would mind losing California. Uh, too many loose wing nuts out there, unquote. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, a lot of a lot of truth to that. So uh, if you'd like to text in with a comment, 314-436-7900. As we roll into the last segment of At Your Service, stick around. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Flying away. We heard about that from Matt Pajeski. We also heard about it from uh, the caller here. And uh, what's on your bucket list? 314-436-7900. I'll tell you one thing that was on my bucket list, and then I'll get back to the, the story we were talking about before the caller. But uh, uh, this was, uh, this again, this was in the 80s, and I went up to visit a friend of mine who lived up in Minnesota, in the Minneapolis area. And her dad was a pilot for what was then Northwest Airlines. And so he had his own stunt plane because he flew, he was a pilot for the airlines, but in his spare time, he flew a stunt plane in air shows. So he had your classic-looking open seat biplane, you know, the kind of biplane that uh, Snoopy would have flown in the, in the cartoons with the Sopwith camel and exactly what you're picturing. Uh, we, we saw one like that in the first Indiana Jones movie. You know, there's two, it's a biplane, there's two open seats. And I was sitting in the front and the pilot was sitting in the back and we were wearing wireless headsets. So he's gingerly showing me the the St. Croix River, the fields of Minnesota, all of the the, the wonderful nature uh, that God had created up in that part of the country. And then in the snarkiest, most smart-alecky voice I could muster, I said to him, when are you going to show me what this thing can really do? And he, he, did, he didn't answer, 
But suddenly I heard the engine go, and the RPM started going up. And uh, and then he started doing his stunt routine. So we did uh, what's called a hammerhead. We did barrel rolls. We do, we just went and went, flew straight down like we were going to crash into the ground. And then he pulled up at about 150 feet. And we did all of the stunts that he did during his during his routine. And, Matt, this is why I think I'd be okay with skydiving because I was not afraid because he was flying the plane. Now, if suddenly he fell out of the plane, I probably would have been terrified. But I didn't care. And there's nothing I could do to either increase my chances of survival or decrease my chances of survival. I was just in his hands and I was trusting him. And I feel kind of like that's the way you were when you were skydiving. Sure. Yeah, I think there's something definitely to be said about that. It's just kind of you're you're just accepting that I'm, I'm in fate's hands right now and I'm just going to be calm with, with, with the situation because I can't control it right now. And I, I guess I could have controlled the uh, the, the skydiving there. I, like if, if I really like wanted to, to back out, I guess I could have just tapped the guy on the shoulder in the plane and said, hey, cut, let, let's cut this out. But I'm, I'm landing with the plane. I'm not jumping yeah. out of this thing. But once you're in that moment, you're like, I'm, I'm, let's all, do it. I'm already up here. I paid a good amount of money for it. Yep. I want let's to get my money's it. worth. Let's, let's do it. You know? Yep. But, you know, whenever you get in an elevator, you're, you're trusting that the elevator yeah. company has fixed the elevator, right? When you get on a on a plane to fly to Tucson, Arizona, you're trusting the pilot. You're trusting the people who built the aircraft. Nobody's worried or freaking out about it. Not most people. So I look at it like that. I, I would have no problem skydiving as long as I had, you know, the dude who really knew what he was doing uh, strapped to my back. Yeah. Th- then I would be, I would be cool with it. Yeah. You want to make sure that you didn't run into the, the- the instructor at the bar before we <laughs> skydiving. Yeah. Al, after, after a pint of doers, he yeah. says, he says, yeah, my name's Earl and I can take you up. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, Earl. Thanks. I, I'm not going. Appreciate it. Yeah. That would make me nervous, but it wouldn't make me nervous for someone who does this all the time. But before we, we went on that tangent, I was talking about, Oh, I got to tell you this. I got to text. Somebody texted in and said, can we just give California back to Mexico? Maybe the Mexicans can straighten them out. That's a great, great idea, and I appreciate that suggestion. Uh, But before, we were talking about, and I mentioned peak oil. I mentioned this idea that capitalism brought us out of peak oil and really allowed us to continue because every single world economy today is driven by the free flow of oil. Unfortunately, that's why we have to take such an interest in the Middle East militarily because of the free flow of oil. And eventually, capitalism will work us out of our dependence on oil. But it's not going to come from the government. It's not. It's going to come from free enterprise and capitalism and ingenuity for the purpose of profit. Now, I mention all that because right now, One of the worst places in this country, unfortunately, is San Francisco. It used to be beautiful. In fact, one of my law partners still goes there, and parts of it are fantastic. He loves going there. But there is so much of San Francisco now that's almost uninhabitable. And yet, even in that status of inhability, you look at this, or I should say non-hability, the, the supervisor, he's San Francisco's supervisor, 
His name is Dean Preston. He was asked this week, why is San Francisco declining so fast as a city? He had one word, capitalism. He blames capitalism for the city's homeless problems, and yet he fails to realize that it's the absence of capitalism that's actually causing those problems. And, yeah, and Mary Lynn, you texted in, the solution is not EVs or EV technology. I don't know what the solution will be, but eventually we will run out of oil. But it's not going to be the government that solves that problem. It's going to be capitalism that creates something better that will work as opposed to the long-term solution of fossil fuels. But going back to, to San Francisco, this is what Preston, he says that the the city's problems are absolutely the result of capitalism. He pushes to defund the police and to limit law enforcement in some of the areas of San Francisco that are the worst. And in fact, in the recent debate that uh, uh, the, that uh, Ron DeSantis had with Governor Gavin Newsom in California, you remember that debate? The most cringeworthy, and it was cringeworthy, I saw this part of it, is when is when Ron DeSantis holds up what he called the poop chart. And I I, I thought, you know, there is, no, there is no debate ever that should warrant you bringing up a poop chart. So, But what Ron DeSantis said wasn't wrong. It's just that wasn't the forum to discuss the, the, the poop chart. But what he was pointing out was is that because San Francisco is being now overrun with homelessness and homeless people— that they have the same public defecation issues that we have a lot of in the city of St. Louis. And uh, and it's outstanding, or it's it's uh, really, it just boggles the mind is what I meant to say, that this person, Preston, the San Francisco supervisor, he identifies as a Democrat socialist. But in his district, in his district, there's something there called the Tenderloin District. Now, that area just a few years ago, it was it was one of the major tourist points in San Francisco. Today, it's overrun with drugs and homeless people, and stores have closed right and left in the Tenderloin District. And as the city sits back and watches all of these companies that are fleeing the Tenderloin District, what happens? It creates more homelessness, more drug use. So it's not the presence of capitalism that was the problem. When capitalism was thriving, the district was also thriving. But when the businesses start to flee, that's when the degradation occurs. And and what's even more amazing to me is is that he and others, and particularly in Chicago, the, the new mayor of Chicago, who's who's a self-described socialist, are arguing that there should be city-owned grocery stores, right? Well, I read the Wall Street Journal, and the Wall Street Journal looked at how these city-owned stores are doing. And one that was a store uh, in, in Erie, Kansas, owned by the city, it lost money every month for years. And in 2022, out of the entire year of 2022, it posted one month of in the black, one month of profit, and 
11 months of loss, in total loss, $132,000. But the value for the city leaders, both in Kansas and in Boston and in Chicago and in San Francisco, is the myth that socialism works. But it doesn't. And I could go through countless examples, countless examples. But just remember, folks, it's capitalism that solves these problems, not create them. Hey, I appreciate you listening tonight. I loved hearing folks about your bucket list. Thanks for calling. Thanks for texting. I won't be in next week because of Billiken basketball, but I'll see you in two weeks. I'll also be sitting in this Friday with Amy Mark scores during the show, so make sure to tune in. Also, stick around. The best of Dave Glover coming up at 10 o'clock on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.